Hey, I'm Gina Keeping, ex-classroom teacher turned mindset and business mentor. Not too long ago, overwhelm and stress was my norm. Now, I have created a life where I help entrepreneurial women create an unstoppable mindset and teach them how to grow and scale their own businesses, all while getting their own gifts out to the world and creating an impact. Welcome to the Keeping It Real podcast, where each week I bring you an inspiring person or message where we talk about all things life and business related, where our conversations are real, the information is inspiring, we have a splash of fun, we have lots of laughs, and we dive into life lessons and deep conversations about all of the things. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Well, welcome back, friends, to another episode of the Keeping It Real podcast. And I am super stoked today to have a very special guest on our show. Hello, Emily. Welcome, welcome. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Me too. And it's really cool because Emily and I, um, we just recently met at an event, and I'm sure we'll talk about that later, but we're new friends. But as soon as I met Emily, I fell in love with her and I wanted to have her on the show because she has so much knowledge. So I'm going to give you a little introduction of who she is. This is Emily DeTulio. She's a certified nutrition coach. She's a host of the Hustle and Mama podcast, and she has this passion to really help create healthy habits for you and live a life that you freaking love, which I'm obsessed with. And while I know you and I'm getting to know what you're all about, I'm going to hand the mic over to you just to introduce yourself and tell our listeners who you are and a little bit about how you got into this business world. Yeah. So you said, my name's Emily and you did great with my last name. Good, good. I was like, did I shag it up? (laughs) No, you did great. Um, I have been in the entrepreneurial space a little bit for about almost, I want to say six years now, which is crazy. I started out um, in network marketing. So I did that for about five years. Um, And just this past year recently, I've kind of started to tiptoe out on my own into one-on-one coaching and starting a virtual assistant business. So it's been a lot of learning. Um, I think the network marketing piece really helped me build up my confidence to be able to do something on my own. Because if you would have asked me when I was graduating college, if I thought I would ever do something outside of the normal corporate job, I would be like, "Mm, there's no way I could see myself doing something like that. Um, But the little baby steps along the way helped me to kind of spread my wings out of it a little bit. That's amazing. And one of the things that we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about a lot of the behind the scenes stuff of business that most people don't talk about. And what I love about you, Emily, is that you have a foot in two worlds. You have one foot in the entrepreneurial space and you have one foot into like the traditional like nine to five. And I think there's a lot of unpopular advice out there of like, oh, you have to go all in on your business, which are some people that works great. But I really want to dive into that as we go through the podcast and talking about some of the decisions that you've made to stay in both worlds. So maybe we can start there. So um, network marketing, I started there too, which is really cool, Yeah, but it does, it gives you that confidence. So how did you, um, how did you navigate that piece of working and a nine to five and then doing this on the side? Like what was your experience in that or your current experience, I should say? Yeah. So it really came from, um, I've always been a really busy person. Like I've always identified as being busy. I started working when I was 16 and was working basically full-time in high school um, and carried that on throughout college, taking as many credit hours as possible, working as much as I possibly could. Um, And then when I graduated from school and got this nine to five job, I was like, well, what am I supposed to do with all this free time? Like I had no clue what to do with all my free time because I was so used to having every minute either being school work or studying. And then I all of a sudden didn't have school and I was only working nine hours a day. So I was like, oh, this is weird. What else? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I come home and then I just sat there and was like, I don't know what to do with myself. Um, And then I met my um, applying for my first network marketing business I joined and went to an event with her and just fell in love with the community and was like, oh, like I, this is something fun I could do. Um, Greg and I, Greg is my husband. We are engaged at the time. We are saving up for our wedding and to buy a house. I'm like, it'd be some nice extra money for the wedding, for our house, um, and just help me kind of kill some free time. 
And then I realized like seeing what was possible. I was like, oh, like there's so much more to this than just paying for a wedding and buying a house. It's so true. And I think there's a lot of skepticism about, you know, dipping your foot into the network marketing world. But if I didn't take that step, I never would be where I am today. So it's really cool to to try something different because you never know what's going to happen once you try. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I know you said like you had a lot of extra time, but right now you're a new mom. Yes. You're a new mom. You have a business that has transitioned into something beautiful. You have big dreams yourself and you are working and also looking for a new job as well. Can we pull back the layers on that? Because for our listeners and even even for you, like one of the things that we do here on the podcast is we pull back the layers and we talk about the unsexy stuff because a lot of people don't share that. And I feel as long as people think that success looks like perfection, we are robbing people of the opportunity to go after their dreams. So um, before we push record, we said we were going to kind of dive into this, but like right now you're in a struggle. Yes, a big struggle. <laughs> Right. So let, let's just dive into that because yeah, let's just go. So what are you struggling yeah. with? Yeah. So I think the biggest struggle, um, especially before we went to the event a couple weeks ago was I had this idea in my head that I had to do everything perfectly. Like I had to show up as the perfect coach that worked out all the time at 4am and ate perfectly all the time. And I just put all this pressure on myself to be the perfect coach and mom and employee and wife. And I was just so exhausted from trying to keep up that like perfect appearance and then I was like why is everything feeling so hard and it's because I was trying to be perfect all the time and that's not sustainable at all no and I bet you a lot of our listeners are nodding their heads right now because they feel that same pressure of leaning into perfection because If you take a look at our Instagram reels, most people show the highlights, right? They show, oh yeah, like I'm getting my working out of four. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And they're not sharing the struggle that comes with it. So what struggles did you have with trying to uphold an image that was unattainable? Um, Mostly that I was burning myself out and I didn't realize how burnt out I was until I went out of town for a week and unplugged from basically everything. And I was like, oh, this is exactly what I needed. And I need to be taking more time throughout the day, throughout the week to take these little unplugged moments because being constantly plugged in and seeing everybody crushing it in air quotes, for those (laughs) that can't see me on social media, then you feel like you just have to keep up. It just really eats away at your mindset and makes you feel like you have to keep doing more if you want to catch up and you want to be with where people are. Oh my God. I love everything that you just said, because it's so true. We feel like we're falling behind, right? We Mm -hmm. see everybody. And not only that, but not only do we feel we're falling behind, we feel we need to be something that we're not in order to be successful. Yes. You know, but everybody who we're watching, they have their struggles, you know, they have their, their limiting beliefs. They have all these things that they're going through that they aren't sharing. So I love that you found the time. So how important is it for people who are listening to find that space to really get to know themselves? It's so important. It changes everything. Even just asking yourself, which seems small, like if you're listening to this and you're like, I can't go out of town for a week. um, I found just taking a second to say, what is going to bring me joy in this moment? Like taking a step back from my to-do list and like, what do I actually want to do? And what's going to help me feel better either even just an hour from now like what is going to help me with that and then going after that instead of well what should I be doing that's on my to-do list yes and what is so-and-so doing and how are they doing it I think we're (laughs) we're in a society where we're so connected but we're so disconnected with ourselves you know and I catch myself doing it too where I'm like oh maybe I'm like oh shit Gina come back come back right yes um So the guilt that you felt um, of trying to be everything, I kind of want to go back to that a little bit because I feel guilt is something that runs the lives of so many people. How did you manage that guilt? You know what I mean? Like when you felt it and you decided to take time for yourself, the guilt doesn't automatically go away. I can't imagine. No. Right. So how do you manage the guilt when it comes up? Because we have a lot of moms who listen to this, who where society tells them not to take time for themselves. So when you recognize, number one, 
okay, I need to take time for myself. The guilt comes in. A lot of people go, okay, I need to take time for myself, but I'm guilty. So I'm not going to. So what was that step that helped you say yes? Yeah, I think it was really sharing with other people how I was feeling. Like I was able to talk with um, our friend Jess and tell her how I was feeling. And I knew she was going to be there too, which helped a little bit. Because I was like, yeah, "Yeah, I feel guilty, but like, I'm also really excited for these other things, which helped me get through it is thinking about what I was excited about Um, and journaling, just reminding myself it was okay to feel guilty, but also okay to be excited to take some time for me. Yeah, because two things get to be true. I say that all the time. You mm-hmm. can feel guilty, but still choose to lean towards, you know what, I'm going to be excited about this. Because um, I feel a lot of people sit in that guilt and they don't challenge their thoughts. Because mm-hmm. if you sit in guilt, guilt is going to win every time. <laughs> yes. And it's so easy, especially as moms to be like, oh, like they need me. So I can't go out. Like I can't go to brunch with my friends because then what are the kids going to do? And yes. it's really like, they'll be okay for an hour or two to go have brunch. Yeah. And even the the story of nobody else can do it like me, or, you know, yes. I don't want to put this on somebody else, but like, it's so important. And I bet you show up better as a mom, as a wife, as a friend, as every role that you play, the more you take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes. And somebody told me to, um, I can't remember who said it, but they were specifically talking about like the mom guilt of leaving your kids. And they were like, well, think of it as, they get to have experiences with somebody else. Like you're giving them that opportunity. And that was a really helpful mantra for me, especially getting ready to go on a trip was like, he gets to have more memories with his dad and with his aunts and grandparents and stuff. So that's a beautiful shift in perspective. Yeah, it was really helpful. I love that. So back a little while ago, you said something about joy and you have a joy challenge on the go now, I think. Is it a challenge or is it just an episode that you're doing on your podcast? Can you talk a little bit about the joy? Yeah. So it's a 60 day challenge that I kicked off November 1st. Um, Anybody's welcome to join in anytime. It's called the Joyful Mom Project. So it's um, basically six tasks to focus on every day that help you find joy throughout your day. Um, And they're really simple. They don't have to be extravagant, like um, getting movement in, nourishing your body, um, doing like some personal development, gratitude, breath work, meditation type thing. It doesn't have to be all of those. You can just pick one and do it for a couple seconds. Um, Getting grounded. Then there was asking for help, which was originally lending a helping hand. And then I changed it to asking for help. I love that. We can dig into that. (laughs) Yes, we can. Love it. Um, Yeah. And then the other one was just doing something joyful in your relationship. So like going for a date night or like playing something with your kid, just taking a step back from the constant to do's and doing something for fun with the people that you love. I love that. And if somebody wanted to join that challenge, how could they do that? Yeah. I'll send you a link. Um, you can download like a little tracker. Okay. Um, and that's really all it is. It's just doing it every day. And I share mine on my stories for accountability. If you don't want to post yours on your story, you don't have to. But nice. if you do, feel free to tag me because I'd love to see it. Yeah. And I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. So if anybody wants to join, I think it's so important because I feel that life gets in the way of our joy sometimes. You know what I mean? And we have so many things that pull us away from joy that we have to be intentional with putting joy back into our life. And it's, as I'm saying it, that sounds so bizarre, but it's a world that we live in. You know, we have so many roles and tasks and responsibilities and really stepping into joy. So what changes have you noticed within yourself since you've been doing this joy project? Yeah, I've noticed I feel like in the moment I'm getting less done because I'm like, oh, like I need to do something that's more fun and not on my to-do list. But then when I do show up to the tasks on my to-do list, I'm doing them more quickly because I'm not taking a million breaks to check social media or to like walk around my house. I'm actually more focused on what I'm doing. I love that. And it's such a misconception that taking care of yourself is taking something away, but it's adding so much. When I take care of myself, I am way more productive. Not that I do it for that reason, but I have noticed that you get shit done way better. (laughs) Yes. I feel like you're more creative. You're more focused. It's so beneficial, but so easy to skip. Yeah. And, but it has such a ripple effect on the people around us, right? Yes. 
It's so important. So I want to kind of peel back the layers a little bit. So I know in the beginning you said that you you've always been used to doing all the things. Yes. Right. And I know a lot of people can resonate here. And then you went on to say that you switched it from lending a helping hand to receiving help. So for somebody who is used to doing all of the things for everybody else, how did you make that switch to, okay, maybe it's safe for me to ask for help? Because I guarantee many people on this listening to this podcast struggle with asking for help. It's so hard. Honestly, it's one of the things, it's probably the thing that I struggle with the most. Um, And I really have to think about like, what do I need help with? Like, what can somebody help me with? And like, it, and reminding myself it's safe to ask for help because I know I'm always afraid of being a burden or somebody being like, oh my gosh, she can't do that on her own when it's like, well, I can, but it would also be nice to have a little bit of help. Like just because I can doesn't mean I have to. And I have to remind myself of that all the time because it's so easy to be like, well, I'll just do it real quick. It won't take me that long. And then we wonder why we're so tired. (laughs) Right. And we have no energy. So for somebody who's listening, who was like, I need to start doing that. Do you have a tip on how they can start that? Because I can imagine that people listening are like, oh my God, I had this big thing that I need to ask, you know, I got to ask all the big things, but is there a little tip that you can give that people can maybe start small or how to yeah. start asking for help? Yeah, I think starting with small things is definitely helpful. Um, I know for me, one of the big things was asking my husband to start helping with bedtime with Garrett because I was doing it every night. And now I'm like, would you maybe do bedtime? It felt so weird to ask because I'm like, I'm the mom. Like I'm supposed to be doing bedtime. Like that's my, like the job as the mom. And then I was like, as he's been helping, I'm like, oh, it's actually really nice. <laughs> yes. And like, but both like, of you made him like both of you yeah. are parents, right? It's just these beliefs that we carry that we're like, oh yeah, I got to do it all. Um, so are you actively trying to change the conversation with yourself or in the role of what a mom needs to be? Yes. Because yeah, all of the things I feel like, especially because I do want to transition into being a like working stay at home mom. Um, I have to remind myself all the time that I don't have to be perfect at it. Because I think one, that's one of my limiting beliefs is that I'm not like, I'm not going to be a good stay at home mom. So I need to keep like working my corporate job because I wouldn't be good at being home all day. Um, that's a big limiting belief. Yeah, it is. So that's one that I'm, I just realized like the other day and I'm like, oh yeah, I need to work through that. So it's definitely shifting the idea that I have to be perfect and have to have every moment filled with these magical, fun filled experiences (laughs) that it's okay if we're just chill. chill. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm really glad you brought that up because I think a lot of people share those same views that, you know, it has to be fun. You have to be engaging all the time. Like they have, they can't be on TV, you know, not, you know, but like we have all these beliefs that really keep us stuck from the thing that we need to do. That's going to really help all involved, not just you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like him being engaged with you all day long is not necessarily healthy either. Right. Yeah. So it's these things that we tell ourselves and to break out of that, it's so hard. Um, and like, you've done a lot of work on yourself over the last little while. Yes, that's definitely helped. And it's just funny because I would have expected everything to come out at the event that we went to a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. And I feel like it's like every now and then I'll just get a little like light bulb of like, Oh, I need to work on that. Like, where did that thought just come from? <laughs> I love that though, because yeah. I think, you know, once you start the process of going inwards, you know, you're kind of open to that change. Mm-hmm. So for those people who are listening, who are like, you know what? I got to get my ass in gear. I got to start flipping around the script a little bit. Do you have any tips or tools or strategies that helped you that you would recommend our listeners maybe start doing to help them change some of the stories that they're telling themselves about either success or leaving their job or being a mom, like any habit that they're really trying to maybe step into? Yeah, I think for me personally, journaling is always really helpful to just write out what I'm feeling, what I want to accomplish. And then I can write out like small action steps to get there. Um, I think having a clear plan is helpful for me as if you're type A, like I am, I like to have like bullet point steps to follow and making them really small, like a lot smaller than you would think. There's a book called The Lazy Genius. Um, I can't remember who 
wrote it, but we did um, read it for a book club book recently. And it was just so helpful to be like, if you want to make pasta, pull out the pot of water earlier in the day so that when you're busy, you can just turn it on. And then you don't have to like do five steps at once. You can do one step. And just thinking of things that way, like what little thing can I do right now that's going to help me build this habit is really helpful. I love that. And it's so true because if we take some steps in the middle of the day or beginning of the day, when we go to do that task, it's not as big. Yeah. It's breaking it down. I'm going to have to get the name of the book and put that in the show notes too, because I'm ready for a new book now. And that's my next read. (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) So I want to, I know I kind of know the answer to this, but I I want our listeners to kind of understand the importance of getting into rooms of people who, and they've heard me talk about this a gajillion times, but hearing it from other people and like even how you and I have met and the connection that we've had, I feel that when you, number one, take the space, the time to actually work on yourself and get into rooms of people who are dreaming bigger, who have bigger visions, who's going to challenge you, who's going to really love you for who you are, but also raise the bar for you because that's what you want. What was your experience of that? And why is it so damn important in terms of personal growth, dreams, vision, all the things? That's a loaded yeah. question. That's a loaded question. No, but the experience was great. I mean, I really went in thinking it was going to be um, like I've gone to personal development events before, more so with like uh, the network marketing companies that yeah. I was in going to their bigger conferences. So I kind of expected it to be a little bit like that. And it was just totally different because everybody that was there was doing different things, um, but also just a huge community that was welcoming and opening. And it was the first time in, I don't know how long that I went in somewhere and was like, oh, I can just be myself. And these people don't care. Like they're here to just love on everyone and support everyone. Um, So doing that was just amazing and eye-opening to realize like, oh, like I didn't realize I was putting on a front for everyone else and myself until I walked in the room and was like, oh, like it just felt like a weight was lifted off my shoulder. And I was like, oh, this is great. But how many people are walking around feeling that way? You know what I mean? Like, I think sometimes people don't even realize the armor that they're carrying to protect themselves. Yeah, I sure the hell didn't. Like, I, I did not realize how much I was hurting until I allowed myself the opportunity. Yeah. And even like, I think we talked a little bit before the event where I was like, I don't cry. Like, I'm not an emotional person. And then the first speaker, I'm bawling. And I'm like, oh, I just actually never let myself cry. <laughs> That's what it is. And it, well, not only that, but like, because we have all the armor up, like we won't let people in. We won't allow situations because then people might see the real us. You know what I mean? Yes. So until you do this work and you learn to accept yourself and love yourself, it's so hard to be fully yourself because you probably don't even know who you are. You know what I mean? Yes. So it's, it's so important. And I feel too, that this work is hard work. Like whoever says this work is easy. They're lying. Yes. What would you say is the hardest part, but maybe the most rewarding part about doing this work? Yeah. I think the hardest part for me personally is getting out of my head and being okay with showing up as myself because I'm always like, oh, they're going to think I'm weird or they're going to think I'm being too much if I like am out here with all the energy that I actually have. (laughs) Like I always feel like I have to kind of dilute myself a little bit. So being Mm. comfortable stepping outside of my comfort zone is the hardest part. And it just takes practice and remembering if people don't like it, then they're not my people. Absolutely. And is it a mind switch that you do to help you show up? Is that, is that a tool that you use? Yeah, it's mostly like coaching myself through it. I feel like it's more so like the five second rule because I'll have to be like, okay, like you can do this, like just five, four, three, two, one, get it, like get it done. And sometimes it takes 15 seconds or something. If you ever do the repeating counting. (laughs) I love that. Uh, No, five more seconds. (laughs) I I need a little bit more time. I love that because I think a lot of people feel that this work has to be very complicated. And I really think it is that self-coaching that, okay, I'm aware of this thought. I see you. I don't want to believe it. Like, what can I believe Mm -hmm. instead, you know, and challenging those thoughts and getting uncomfortable. And like a lot of people talk about the comfort zone. Um, 
but the comfort zone is really the things that we do daily, right? Is the yes. things that we know we can do. It's the things that we're like, hmm, I'm not quite sure where this is going to go. So for those who are listening, if you're thinking, well, what is outside of my comfort zone? It's the things that you doubt, right? It's the things that you feel yeah. that if you get out there, number one, you might be misunderstood. Number two, you might be vulnerable. Number three, it's like, I don't even know if I can handle it, right? So yeah. why do you think it's so important to get outside of that comfort zone? I think it really just helps build connection, especially if your comfort zone um, is being like what you think everyone needs you to be and actually showing up as yourself is going to allow you to connect with people more deeply. The same with asking for help. Like if everybody thinks you have your stuff together all the time, they're always going to maybe put you on a little bit of a pedestal and be like, well, she doesn't get it. She doesn't struggle. But if you ask for help, then they're able to be like, oh, she does get it. She does get it. Yeah. And You know, it's funny you brought up the pedestal thing, because I think the best thing that we can do in this world is take people off those pedestals, because just because they're not showing their emotions, that doesn't mean that they're not there. And I really have this mission of changing the conversation around what quote unquote success looks like. And I think that if you are talking about your struggles and not that you have to go talk about everything, but if you are being a human that's success to me. Like how I look back at my journey and so for so long, I hid parts of me that I was like, well, those were the most beautiful parts about me, you know? And so since you've been getting outside the comfort zone and showing the real you, what has happened? Um, I feel like I'm one, just more energetic because I'm not like spending that energy trying to hide parts of me. Um, but also have been connecting with people more than I was before. Um, just even reaching out to friends I haven't seen in a while to be like, let's go get brunch or let's go hang out because I miss you. Like, and to me telling someone I miss them feels uncomfortable, which might sound silly, but it's that like emotional armor where I'm like, oh, I actually texted my friend and told them I miss them. Like, why is that blowing my mind? But I love that. I love that. Um, So to kind of like switch the conversation a little bit, but I mean, you've always had big dreams, yeah. you know, and you help people, you know, achieve their dreams and think big and go big. But there's a lot of people who quit before they even arrive there and they quit when people don't believe in their mission and are not on board with them. What advice would you give them? To keep going. And I think something um, that really has stuck with me, and again, I don't remember who said it, uh, but it's that a lot of people, like you said, stop before they get there. And there's like a, there's a meme of two um, like diamond miners. And one is like just a hair close to hitting all of the diamonds. And then the other one, um, or he like stops and turns around and then the other one keeps going and hits the like huge pile of diamonds. And I feel like I always will like picture that meme in my head and be like, I'm so close to like the thing that I want. I just have to keep pushing through and it might take a little bit longer than you want it to, but it's like, if you just keep going, you're going to get there eventually. So have you ever had people along your journey who didn't believe in your mission? Yeah, it's more so for me, um, I think not so much the mission as the methods that I want to take to get there. So like I said, I want to eventually be a stay at home, like working mom. Um, And I think a lot of times my family doesn't understand that because we come from a very traditional, like you graduate college, you get your nine to five and you work in the same place until you retire Um, so I hear a lot of times, like, I'll be like, I don't want to go to work. Like, I just can't wait until I'm a stay at home, like working mom. And like, my parents will be like, oh, well, I don't want to go to work either. That's just what you have to do. And it's like, no, but it's not just what you have to do. (laughs) And I guarantee a lot of our listeners get that from their support system. It's definitely the changing, um, like reframing thoughts and just having to be okay that some people just don't get it. And it's definitely, it's hard in the moment when it feels like you're the only person in your like circle that has these thoughts and visions, but they can't believe it until they see it and they just haven't seen it yet. Ooh, I love that. So do you find it hard to stay committed to the goal, even when there's nobody really clapping, especially in like your immediate circle, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely challenging. And I feel like I will sometimes let it get in my head and be like, well, am I doing the right thing? Or like, is this really what 
I'm supposed to be doing, um, which is why it's so important to get in the rooms and meet people that have similar visions and dreams as you. Because even though they're not like in the same house or neighborhood, I mean, the good thing about the Internet is they're just a text message away as long as you're willing to send it. Yeah. Oh, as long as you're willing to send it. There's your mic drop. Absolutely. Because yeah. <laughs> sometimes we we want it, but we're not taking the steps to actually go get it. Right. Yes. It's easy. To, it's easy to point the finger and say, oh, well, the reason why I'm not going after my dreams is because so and so don't don't understand, yeah. you know, or this the reason why I'm not going after my dreams is because I don't have the support. But that's it. That's an us job. Like we have to be the ones that create the environment for success. We're the ones that are responsible for our own vision. We're the ones that had to take the steps and send the messages and put ourselves in these rooms so that we do flourish. We do go after our goals. Right. And it's also yeah. okay for our parents to believe something different. Yes. Especially because that's, I mean, that's their truth. That's what they lived for a long time. Um, yeah. And we just have to keep going, even though it's hard and it, can make you question yourself because I know I've been there, but it's, it'll be worth it. When you do question yourself, what do you do? Um, it depends on the day. <laughs> like some days I feel like I spiral. Yeah. Um, and then eventually I'll do like some journaling and get myself out of it. Um, I, like I said, this morning, like I was telling Gina before we hopped on, I did some breath work right before this because I was having one of those mornings of like, what am I doing? Like, is this <laughs> even, like am I even doing the right thing? Um, but you really just have to sit with yourself and remember why you started and reassure yourself like, this is the right thing. It's going to all work out how it's supposed to. Yeah. And is that radical trust? <laughs> yes. You know, I, and my personal experience too, is I keep coming, I keep, you know, t tuning back in with my body. And I feel we've been programmed to not listen to our body now. It's like we yes. listen to all the noise. So getting super quiet, detaching from my phone, putting it away, I find the more I'm on my phone, the less clear I am. Yes, I feel that too. I That's one of the biggest things I noticed um, over the past week that we were in Arizona that I was in Arizona my mom and I did some hiking in Sedona before the event that we went to and just we didn't really have service on the trails and just getting connected and all the different like energy vortexes and nature and stuff I was like oh I need to get off social like I spent far too much time on social media and that's why I'm so confused is because I just watch what everybody else is doing Yes. And I think that's a common problem. And I catch myself losing my focus too. If I'm like, oh yeah, I'm just going to go on and I catch myself scrolling. I'm like, <laughs> once I get off, I'm like, am I doing the right thing? Should I be doing something else? Like this person yes. was doing that. Should I do that? But when I put my blinders on and I'm like, no, I'm going to trust myself, like really get grounded with what I want and how I want to help people. It becomes so clear. Like we're the one that noise it up. Like we're yes. the one that blurs it. <laughs> Right. So it was like these habits and these daily tasks that I think are pivotal if you're going against the grain. Right. Yes. Yesterday, actually, I just rearranged the home screen on my phone. So I took all my social media apps off of the front screen. And I realized now just how many times I would tap that Instagram button because now Instagram doesn't open. So I'm like, why am I in this app? Like, I don't even want to be in this app. Like, this isn't like, like, oh, I was going to go scroll Instagram for no reason. Like, that's why I... How interesting, but yeah. it's true. It's like, and we have to recognize the things that are keeping us from our goals and then put little systems in place to, to fix it. But I would love to hear what habits you do like on the daily. And once again, these are all just suggestions. So don't think that you have to do all the things that Emily does um, yeah. because it took you a while to get to where you are. But um, even if our listeners could take one thing away that resonates, what are some habits that you do daily that set you up for success? Because you are a habit queen, you Thank know, you. and you are very committed to your, your habits. So maybe we can just kind of talk about that in terms of like how to really make a habit stick and habits that set you up for success. Yeah. So the habits I like to do every morning that I feel the best when I do um, are journaling, some affirmations, uh, reading a little bit of personal development. And I also like to do, um, I'm like, I know I do this every day. What is the other thing? Oh, planning, checking in on my goals. So I have my planner with all my morning routine stuff and I go through and check my progress. Um, and then I also like to work out 
most mornings. Um, lately, I've been kind of doing that more so throughout the day at a time that feels good. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I was I usually get up really early to start my morning routine. And I've been realizing that I actually need more sleep than I was allowing myself to get because I was trying to do everything in the morning. Um, so I've been kind of trying to shift things around a bit and really just um, if you are looking to start habits, just starting small. So don't try to do like six new things at one time. Take one thing, focus on it for a couple of weeks. And then once you feel like you have a really good handle on that one, you can add in something else. Because I think when we try to do these big, crazy challenges, it gets really hard to keep up with it. And then we feel discouraged. I love that. And it's so true because a big task, I mean, we're changing so much when you start a new habit, but yes. people want the end result so quick that they don't want to break it down. It kind of goes back to that reference you made to that book. It's like, what is one small thing? Um, the other thing I'd like to kind of detour in here is yeah. how do you know what habits are best for you? I don't yeah. know if you've ever gotten that question before, but like, I haven't, but I love it. Yeah. Go for it. Give it. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I think whichever, um, you kind of have to think about what you want. So like, if you're looking for like a fitness habit to start, like, what is your end goal? Do you want to lose weight? Do you want to build muscle? Do you want better endurance? And then you can kind of figure out like, okay, if I want to increase my endurance, endurance, then maybe I want to start doing some more like cardio or HIIT workouts. And if I want to start doing that, then with something small, I can start with there um, and just trying things out. And if you try something and you hate it, don't be afraid to say, I don't like this. What else can I do instead? Because I think a lot of times we're worried about what is Susie on the internet going to think of yeah. me if I stop doing this thing that I just tried. But really, if it makes you happy, that's all that matters. Yeah. And like, it's okay to change your mind. Like, yes. I think, you know, if you think about our society, we're very much of a, you know, you come out, you do this, you start the job, you're in it for 40 years and then, okay, you're done. Like we are programmed not to change your mind, but I think changing your mind is super important. But the flip side of that is I think what happens is there's a misconception between habits not working and not enjoying them and actually giving them the time to, I guess, mature. You know what I mean? Yes. So I think, yeah, give it a go. If you don't love it, then yeah, change it, but also give it a chance for you to love or hate it. Like yes. you tried something twice. You don't, you haven't really put the time in to know if you like it or hate it at that point. Right. Yeah. Maybe it's the length or the duration, or maybe it's the, the time you're doing it. So like actually give it time to mature. Yeah. Before and you quit long... throw the table, uh, throw yes. the towel. Yeah. Yeah. And something I know I have to ask myself a lot is, do I actually not like this thing or is it my anxiety telling me I don't like this thing? Because a lot of times I'll be like, oh, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to have like do a call with whoever like, oh, I don't like to do the do this. And then like 20 minutes later, I'm like, oh, I was just really anxious. Like I was just really in my head about it. I'm so glad you brought that up because I think a lot of people mistake ego, anxiety, as like that knowing, oh, well, I have that nudge. It, I shouldn't be doing it. But really, it's the fear talking, right? Yes. So how do you overcome the anxiety, the fear, whatever we want to call it? Really just getting and like looking inward and asking myself like kind of where I'm feeling it. Like, am I feeling it in my gut? Do I know it's actually something I don't like to do? Or is it more like in my chest and my throat that's feeling tight. And then I know it's kind of usually more like anxiety. Yeah. I love that. And something else that I do too, is if it's a task that I know that's going to help me move forward, I ask myself the question, how can I make this fun? Yeah. And then that kind of shifts the energy around the task. Cause I mean, let's face it. Sometimes we got to do things that we don't necessarily love yeah. that we know are going to be good. Like, working out for me. I love working out, but if I'm in a flare, it's really hard for me. But once I get started and I'm done, yeah. I'm always like, yes, I'm so glad. So it's like, okay, how can I change how I look at it? And that's where the freedom is. I feel. Yes. All comes back to finding the joy. In things. Yes. Finding <laughs> the joy, which I feel we, as a collective, we need to come back to the joy and come back to, um, to really finding that place because I feel that our society, it's not focused on fun or joy or pleasure. It's like, just put your head yeah. down and go. Yeah. And the idea 
that everything has to be hard. I feel like is one I've been overcoming a lot this year. Like it doesn't have to suck all the time. Like we can do things that are fun and still move towards our goals at the same time. Yes, absolutely. I love that. Oh, I love that. I love that. I mean, that's probably going to be the tagline for the podcast right there <laughs> because I do. I feel like we've been taught that it has to be hard. And mm-hmm. while some things are hard, not everything has to be hard. Like we get to go for our goals. We get to have dreams. We get to have a vision. We get to change the script. Like yes. we get to do all those things. Yeah. I love that. Um, okay. One more question. Then we're going to dive into the rapid fire. Do you have time? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay, cool. So one of the things that I feel you're really good at is finding time to do the tasks that are required to work in a vision goal business. Thanks. So for somebody who's listening, who is like, okay, I am a mom. I am working nine to five, but I have a goal. I have a vision. I want to work on it. What practical tips could you give them to find pockets of time that they can work on their goals? Because like we already said, you get to have all these things, but some people just don't know how to find that time to do it. And I feel like you're a queen in this area. So thank you. Show us your ways. <laughs> yeah, I find it really helpful if you have a plan, if you're a paper planner type of person to get a planner that has the day listed out by hours. Um, I personally like to use my Google calendar. So if you're, you can either do paper, digital, whatever. Um, and I block out the things that I know I have to do. So like, these are the times that I'm at work. These are my appointments that I have. Um, and then I look at the gaps and see where I can kind of fill in little things. And it doesn't have to be like an hour or two hours worth of time. You can just do 30 minutes here, 10 minutes there, uh, whatever you have time for in your day. And then either stacking things for me, it's usually in the mornings because I am a morning person. So I like to get up early before Garrett gets up, do my morning routine workout, and then get a little bit of work in after that, before he's up for the day. Um, if you're an evening person, you could do it after your kids go to bed or after you're done with things for the day, just to do a little like solid sit down focused work time. Um, and then besides that, it's really just filling it in as you have time. There are a lot of times where I'm like going to the bathroom, like what can I put on my Instagram story really quick? Or, um, like Garrett needs to be rocked to sleep. A lot of times he's, he's not about the just lay him down and let him fall asleep life. Um, so I call the, like his rocking chair is basically my office. That's where I get the most stuff done is on my phone because he's sleeping and I'm just holding him. So I'm like, well, I can do what, what can I do on my phone really quick? And just kind of doing what you can with what you have and being okay. If that's your season, it might not be what everybody else posts with their glamorous offices, but that's okay. Oh, I love that because I think, and you just nailed it with the seasons, Emily, everybody's in different seasons in their lives and it's impossible to perform at the same level in, in different seasons. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and we put this pressure of performance and what it needs to look like, but we forget about our circumstances. And that must, must've been a beautiful lesson to let go of perfection in that area too. Yeah. And it really honestly just happened this morning. If I'm being totally transparent, I was feeling so frustrated because I was hoping I was like, oh, I'm going to go for a run this afternoon. I'm not going to work out this morning. I'll have so much time to just sit down and get some work done before Garrett wakes up. And then Garrett was up at four because he hasn't under figured out the time change yet. So I was like, um, so I was feeling really frustrated. I'm like, I I wanted to get all this stuff done and now I'm not going to get it done. But then I got it done while I was rocking him anyway. So I'm like, I still got it done. It just didn't look like how I thought it was supposed to. And then I was like, oh, like, that's okay. That's just the season that I'm in right now. And just having to let go of it. That's one. And that's another great point is giving yourself grace when it doesn't work out as planned. Mm hmm. Right. It's hard. Yeah. yeah, But being able able to pivot and go, okay, I thought I was going to do it here. This is a shit show today. But where (laughs) where can I sneak in a little bit of time to get done the things that I just need to get done? And sometimes done is better, better than perfect. Yes. You know, like you making that post is connecting with somebody who's in the same season. You know, you making that post is better for you to wait when until things are perfect for you to post. You know what I mean? So I I love those things. So, okay, let's dive into the rapid fire questions. So you've probably never um, you don't know about the rapid fire questions, but 
it's pretty much as it speaks. I'm going to say, I'm going to ask you a question. Some of them are not so rapid, but that's okay. And you just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay, fine. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Here we go. First question. Who was your favorite Spice Girl? I don't know who the Spice Girls are. Like, I know I've heard the name, but I don't know anybody in the band. (laughs) That's okay. So I got to be honest. Um, My cousin gave me this question. I was like, I need rapid fire questions. The only one I really know is sporty. So (laughs) (laughs) because I'm sporty. Okay. Next was a little easier. Nachos or tacos? Tacos. A nickname you used to have or still have? M. If you could travel back in time, where would you go? Ooh, um, probably when I was on my study abroad in London. Ooh, nice. So fun. Oh, I love going back to memory lane. Um, who is your favorite Harry Potter character? Ooh, um, probably this one. So I love Harry Potter. So okay, like, pause. Oh, how do I pick? Okay. You probably you probably heard the hesitation in my voice. Most people cannot answer this question. What? I know. They don't don't know what Harry Potter is. They don't know. They don't watch it. So, okay, I'm thrilled. You take as much time as you need. Okay, now I'm like, (laughs) oh, it's probably Hagrid. I love Hagrid with his all his funny animals and stuff. He's amazing. I do love him. Um, Sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. What's your go to order from your favorite restaurant? Ooh, um. We have a really good brunch place here and they do a lot of locally sourced ingredients, but I can get like gluten-free, dairy-free stuff, which is always a win. Um, but they have these things called bee cakes. So it's like bee pollen, quinoa, and like, I don't really know honey. I don't know what else is in them, but they're delicious and you can get them with chocolate chips. So that's usually my go-to brunch. That thing. sounds amazing. So good. Mm, what's your favorite word? My favorite word. Ooh, that one's hard too. Like a fun word or just any word? Any word. Any word. Um, I feel like, why can't I? Now I feel like I don't know any words. And <laughs> then you're just asking what my favorite <laughs> I would have said joy for you because I feel Aww. that's something that you're leaning into. and for. Yeah. I think love is probably Aww. my favorite word. I love that word too. What's your go-to song when you need to pick me up? Um, ooh, really anything by MGK. I love MGK's music. It nice. always pumps me up. Yeah. I think I'm going to listen to some MGK after this. It's so good. <laughs> if you could win an Olympic medal for any sport, real or fake, what would it be? Um, ooh, any sport. It could be uh, fake too. Fake sport is probably, I'm not a sporty person. <laughs> <laughs> um... I feel like habit making. Could that be an Olympic sport? Yes, it could be. Yes. You would definitely crush it. (laughs) (laughs) If you could change your name, what would it be? Um, Ooh, so fun, fun fact about me is I, my family and all of my friends from like high school and younger call me Brooke, which is my middle name. Uh, I didn't start going by Emily until college. So maybe back to Brooke because it's very confusing. Like, my mom, when she was in Phoenix with us, she's like, everybody keeps calling you Emily and I'm so confused. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. So do you like Brooke better? Um, I actually, now that I'm older, like Emily a little bit better. Um, but I think, yeah, it's just funny. My family is always like, we could never call you Emily. <laughs> That's too funny. I love it. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Um, to be able to teleport anywhere. That's what I'm on to that or fly. Yeah. I'm like, yes, <laughs> not in a plane. <laughs> Just, yes. Texting or talking. Texting. Morning or night person. Morning. Describe yourself in three words. Ooh. Um, let's say energetic, um, consistent and motivated. Probably. Ooh, I love those words. If you were stranded on a tropical island and you had all of the essentials, what are two things that you would want to bring with you? All the essentials. Um, Probably a book, snacks. I don't know if those qualify as essentials, but definitely snacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like good snacks. (laughs) And um, maybe some movies. Good. I like those. Yeah, I love good movies. Um, Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to speak to animals? Ooh, 
Probably every language in the world. Nice. I think for me is animals. I'm such an animals, animal lover. Oh, animals yeah. are sweet. I love to travel. I think being able to speak different languages would make traveling easier. Mm, very true. Um, this one's a little bit more serious, but what is the best piece of advice you have ever gotten that you wish you'd gotten earlier in life? Um, I think to enjoy the process. It's something Trent Shelton really talked about um, at the event. And it's something I wish I would have done more when I was younger. I think I threw myself into work so much and I forgot to enjoy like just being a college student or just being a high school student. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And I think I still need that reminder today because when I get a goal, it's just like I get so focused and I'm like, okay, Gina, like, calm down, like enjoy yes. the ride. It's not about the end, it's about the destination, right? So those little reminders are great. Um, well, this has been amazing. And obviously mm-hmm. I want people to follow you. How can people find mm-hmm. you on all of the, like the web stuff? <laughs> yeah, I'm on Instagram um, as m.brook.tutulio, yeah. which is long. Uh, oh, I'll, I'll send it, it to Gina. Notes. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Uh, that's probably the best place to follow me. And then I also have like my podcast account and my virtual assistant account, but those are linked in my main profile. So the main profile is where all the good stuff is at. And then my podcast is the Hustlin' Mama podcast. And that is anywhere that you listen. So I love it. And we'll put all that information in the show notes, but I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yes. And meeting you has been so amazing. I know it's been awesome. And do you have your shift ticket bought yet? Not yet. I actually (laughs) just told Greg before we hopped on, I was like, we should go to Canada for a weekend in January. He's like, I don't have my passport. I'm like, well, funny, that's what Santa is bringing you. (laughs) I love it. I hope I do get to squeeze you in January. It's going to be amazing. And it's just been so good meeting you. I think you have so many bright things in your future. Thank you. And I can't wait. So I guess before we go, one last thing, is there any last gold nugget that you would like to share before we sign off? Any last gold nuggets? I think the biggest one is just to remember to find the joy in your day. Just ask yourself one thing, what what can I do that's actually that's going to make me happy that's maybe not on my to-do list that I can focus on yes absolutely I love that thank you so much Emily of course thank you and thank you all listeners for tuning in to another episode make sure you go and follow Emily she is an incredible human and doing amazing things and as always remember to keep it kind keep it fun and always keep it real